Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. In the company of David Yates, David Menuisier and Ian Williams. These talking points this week. And we start with a talking point that has already been contributed to by Mark Johnston earlier in the programme, and that is watering. There was just a little contention yesterday about whether too much water had been put on the track at Goodwood. I mean, I think Ed Arkell, the clerk of the course of Goodwood, is an excellent operator. Uh, David, I think he, he conducts himself brilliantly. Uh, it's more a general point about watering, and whether, to pick up Mark's point, they, they should be watering for good to firm, or whether we should call good to firm good, in fact. <laughs> Personally, I would water to good ground you know, like they do in some countries. Um, because I think it's a compromise. If you water to good ground, your fast ground horses can run, your soft ground horses can run as well, you know. So you would, in my opinion, have a lot less uh, non-runners if you were doing so. What do you say to that, Ian? Um, I, think, I think there are a good few horses that appreciate good to firm ground. Um, Mark's a great advocate of good to firm ground. Um, I have to say, uh, with the flat horses, uh, which we're predominantly talking about at the moment, I'm quite happy with good to firm ground um, and let nature take its course. But the clerk of the courses are in a, a very, very sticky situation. Uh, they put some water on and they put on a little bit too much and it goes back a little bit the wrong way. There are always people who are going to be unhappy. But priority is the safety of the horses and um, we don't want the ground getting too fast. And is it a question of varying your watering policy according to what type of track you have and what kind of topography that track has with lots of downhills and so forth. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you deal with tracks like Goodwood and Epsom in particular, uh, you, I think you are pushed to kind of overwater to, to keep the ground safe. Um, I think, um, you know, each clerk uh, obviously knows, know, knows their track and... Uh, what, what really um, annoys me sometimes is, I, I know the BHA recommendation is for good to firm, but sometimes they forecast uh, rain in the week, so they stop watering, and when the rain doesn't materialize, you end up running on ground that is potentially unsafe. And, and that's when, if you aim for good ground, that sort of things won't happen. Let's move on and talk about the uh, delays. We, we had some significant delays, a build-up of events at, uh, at Goodwood on, on Thursday, uh, almost from the second race onwards with a number of little incidents in the stewards room and so forth that led to a 14-minute delay to one race. Yeah, see that? We can't have that. Well, we can't have that. Obviously, the, the fixture programme is pretty much as congested as it's ever been, and so it's important for tracks to stick to the times. I mean... I, I would divide this issue into two categories, personally. Like, first of all, we, we know we're dealing with, with thoroughbreds who are not always predictable, mm. and therefore there will be times in which things don't go according to plan and the race is delayed. There's nothing we can do about that. that is the, that's the, at the very heart of the sport uh, that we all love. What annoys me in particular is just when there is no excuse for tracks uh, to, to, to not to go off on time and watching racing day in day out all too often it, there just seems to be a rather relaxed attitude on the part of the track that you know that they're two or three minutes late off and, and that is is much more difficult to forgive 
Yeah, and I think the, the BHA were looking into this this, this week, and, and they recognise that there's a there's an issue, but it has all sorts of implications in terms of turnover and in terms of you know, people's viewing experience, which is very important. It's extremely important. I, I understand the issue. I, I wasn't aware of it until earlier today, but the issue on uh, Thursday was a, a piece of equipment headgear that yeah, was. But that the, that only added four minutes to the existing it, ten minute it, delay. It did, but, it, but it added four minutes, and I, I think actually I may have been responsible for the delay on the, on the first race because one of our horses shed a plate, which obviously had to be put back Dis on. Disgrace. Um, it was, it was, but the farrier was extremely <laughs> fast, and um, I actually thought that we'd got back in very well and that there wasn't an issue, but uh, obviously there was. But it's important to run to time. See, it's a problem is these less professional trainers are ruining it for all the good ones. And, Absolutely. You know, and once we, can, once we can weed them out, then, then, then we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be yeah. in. in we're, we're trying to run to time, Nick. The bell went <laughs> oh, a while ago. Oh, 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 oh that's good. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, the Stewards Cup, or indeed the Unibet Stewards Cup, or just the Unibet Cup. Dave Yates, Ed Nicholson, um, PR Supremo for, for Unibet, was not very happy that the, that the sponsor's name was not being added and therefore sort of threatened to take the stewards out of the race if they should renew their sponsorship again. Yeah, it's always, uh, for, you know, one of, one of racing's Trump's, uh, Trump, card is its, uh, Trump cards is its... Uh, history and the the cherished races that that we all like to watch, and it's always disappointing when those titles are changed. Thirty two red obviously uh, triggered a um, some negative comment a few years ago when it became the Thirty two Red Cup, not the Stewards Cup. On the other hand, of course, sponsors put a lot of money into this game, and they want their pound of flesh. They don't do it for charitable reasons; they do it for commercial and economic reasons and so I can see I, 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 unusually for me I can, I can see both sides of the argument in this one. Can you Ian? Um, I can see both sides of the argument but I think, I think what makes our racing very exceptional is the tradition and I think sponsors have to work with the tradition of racing to maintain the level that it's at and yes we have to use Unibet Stewards Cup and put them together very well and, and do it in a manner that the, the media help, that the trainers help, that everybody recognises that Unibet are sponsoring the race and are helping to put the prize money together. But I don't think we can start taking a lot of the historical names out of racing because all of a sudden it just becomes a, a, a sponsorship, you know, the Unibet, the, the whatever other betting company. We have to keep the historical names. The tradition of our racing is what makes it what it is. And Unibet are, are buying into a brand. They're buying into the Stewards' Cup because the Stewards' Cup has a brand. And it's very important for the history books and, and um, also for, for the families and, and uh, the stud book uh, more generally. You know, in 10 years' time, it's important to know that Vsauce won the Stewards' Cup or the Unibet Stewards' Cup rather than Unibet Cup or whatever they would call it. Um, nobody would really um, remember that it, it was actually the Stewards Cup. Well, one thing that Unibet cannot do, nor can any firm do, is now uh, advertise during sporting events before the before the watershed on television, apart from on greyhound racing and horse racing, which may wheel round to the advantage of horse racing. Yatesy. Absolutely. I, mean, I think that uh, over the last well, years and certainly months, we've become aware that uh, that on the way are uh, limits to the way that 
bookmakers advertise, um, and that's going to impact negatively on the sport. But it, this is this is common sense, isn't it? That you know, I don't think anybody uh, outside the the most puritanical uh, opponent of betting and horse racing. I don't think anyone would really disagree that it's common sense that that horse racing, uh, that the bookmakers should be allowed to advertise uh, their horse racing product when horse racing is shown pre-watershed. Why shouldn't they be allowed to advertise their football product when football is shown pre-watershed? Well, that's, that's a very good argument. Uh, I, personally, I think they should be uh, allowed to, and I think that that legislation goes too far, but I'm, but I'm relieved that it doesn't apply to horse racing uh, and greyhounds. I mean, Richard Flint, the Skybet, uh, ex-Skybet CEO, uh, David, said recently that the horse racing should be, be very worried about this new Puritanism that is, uh, that is sweeping the nation. Are you, are, you, are you worried about the implications for the sport? I don't really have a view, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you can pass that potato right down the, yeah, right down the line. Um, I, I think it has to be a worry. You know, horse racing is uh, it's a great sport. Uh, it's supported by betting, gambling. Um, but this whole thing will, will turn into a, an angst against the sport, not just the, the betting side of things, and that's what we have to be careful doesn't happen. Yeah, which is why the racing and betting industries need to be inextricably intertwined and supportive of one and another. supportive of one another. Let's talk about uh, Enable. You will have a view on this horse. I think so. Enable. Is it, is it, <laughs> is it the right call to go Yorkshire Oaks en route to the Ark, or yeah. would you have rather seen her in the Judmont International backing up to 10 furlongs? No, I think, I think you know, you, you, need, uh, you need a fresh horse, you know, to win the Ark. And I think, I think it's, a, it's a very, very shrewd move, you know, to try and win a, an easier race rather than dig deep and maybe lack a bit of freshness for, for, for the big race. And I think it's very, very shrewd. Because the reductive way of looking at it, Ian, would be to say, well, she's won an Eclipse against Colts this year. Why can't she win a Judmont against Colts? She's clearly better than everything else. No, why can't she? But, you know, um, it's the, the first thing, it's great that we are going to see her again. Because they, they could have actually just said, look, we'll go straight to the Ark. And what a, what a wonderful feast for us all to watch. And um, any opportunity we get to see her racing between now and the, the Ark is, is great for racing. Um, and actually, me personally, I just loved watching her run last time. Um, it was a fantastic race, but we need to see as much, as much of her as possible. But if they can make it slightly easier for her and then her lead into the arc is such, then it's, it's the sensible thing to do. And it sort of it struck me, Goodwood, that it was a bonus almost, because I was, my expectation bar was quite low as regards whether she'd turn up at York at all this time last week. Well, they said that... She's come out of the, the Ascot race surprisingly well, so they want to give her another race. I mean, everyone's a winner, baby. That's the truth, isn't it, with this? Because uh, we get to see Enable one more time before Longchamp in this country. Uh, she doesn't have to step back to 10 furlongs and take, take on male opposition, which would obviously be a, a, a bigger ask. Lord Grimthorpe, the Grim Reaper, as he's playfully known, and chairman of York, gets, uh, gets Enable to uh, run at the um, Welcome to Yorkshire Ebor Festival. And so it, it's, it's just winners all round, isn't it? Do you playfully refer to Lord Grimthorpe as the Grim Reaper? In the press room, but not to his face. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I suspect this might catch on now. Um, deep impact on a, in a week in which we're celebrating the influence of, of Japan. We need to pay tribute to, to a sire we lost this week because uh, on the thoroughbred racing commentary stallion rankings he climbed right up to the to the top three. He's he's been a a really important horse. He's been his influence has been recognised by Coolmore and Godolphin and so forth. Uh, Darwin, in terms of global bloodstock, he's left a legacy. I mean, it's 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 a huge uh, huge loss for for Japan, but yeah, uh, more generally for for the world of racing, really. He was he was a standard stallion, and uh, I, ca- I can't I can't put words on how much of a loss this is, you know. And uh, he was the perfect uh, cross for uh, Galileo, and Coulmore used him a, f- a fair bit, and, and um, yeah, they will have to look elsewhere now. But there are a lot of um, very very good young sires in in Japan, and I'm I'm, I'm sure you know they will they will start carrying the flag. There's very few horses here, and uh, you know, whether they be racing or or at stud that can have that kind of global impact. No pun intended. Yeah, what a what a name to have given him in the mm. first place. But uh, he's he's had a huge international impact, and and Japan will miss him. But um, I'm not aware of the um, the bloodstock situation there. But I'm sure he must have sons now that are. Yeah. that are coming through and the bloodline will, will remain. I mean, you look back at what Sadler's Wells did and how he was going to be missed and the horses he's produced um, since and have turned out to be the most amazing stallions. I'm sure Deep Impact will have the same effect. And one or two of his own sons, of course, standing here. Um, last year's 2000 Guineas winner, uh, Saxon Warrior, being just one son of, uh, of Deep Impact who applied his trade in this country. I think as a racehorse he had a, a Deep Impact as well. When he ran in the arc, Yatesy and feel free to... Indeed, all the buzzer here. Uh, behind rail link, when mm. things didn't go to plan, but um, as David said, that the uh, the fact that he was used by Godolphin and Coolmore, who that that the, the perfect solution to the to the Galileo problem, mm. and sadly, that solution isn't there anymore. And this week, Coolmore have found another solution. They found another solution in the shape of, of Calix, a son of Kingman that they can stand at stud after a very brief but occasionally brilliant racing career. It's interesting this, isn't it? The, 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 I mean, Judmont have retained some breeding rights and interest in, in Calix, Ian, but he's going to stand at, at Coolmore and transfers from Judmont to Coolmore before have yielded the likes of, well, Danehill being the most obvious example of a sire who did them more than a few favours. But, you know, there are, there are a few people that promote a stallion like Coolmore. Exactly. And um, his bloodlines are such that they'll put a lot into him, they'll put a lot of mares to him, and with the Judmont backing as well, um, the horse is destined to be a top sire should nothing go wrong. Um, and it's, uh, it's interesting that they've... They've done that, and it's happened as quickly as it has done. And uh, he'll be there for next season. I don't know. Will he do both hemispheres? Is there any? Is there any talk of that? I can't think why he wouldn't if he was fit to do so. I can't think why he wouldn't. And it's getting into that blood, isn't it? That invincible spirit, Kingman blood. And again, as you say, for, for, mean, for so King, many of those men, Kingman looks a fantastic sire, and uh, he's, he's a very exciting one. And I'm sure in the next five years he will be right at the top. So they're investing on on. On a, a huge potential in in Calix, I'd say, from a very very strong uh, female line as well. You know, Haley Borin that was trained by Cricket Head and half sister to African Rose, I think. Was that during your time there? No, no, that was um, yeah, that was uh, a bit later, a few years later, after I had left. 
to go to America. Yeah. But still, a fascinating acquisition. Of course, there will be some saying it's a shame these horses have to go to stud, but evidently he was a horse with fragility as a, as a race. Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? I mean, it, um, after his Coventry Stakes win, he missed the remainder of 2018. Uh, obviously, something came to light after uh, that defeat at Haydock Park when he was what, 13 to 2 on, having won at Ascot on his return to the fray. So, as you say, there was a fragility there. But again, this is a good opportunity for Coolmore to get their hands on uh, the Invincible Spirit and Kingman line, as you say. Um, those were this week's talking points. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel, Dubai.